Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknotes Morning 5 here on Friday, April 28th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into, my friend. We're going to talk NFL draft uh, reactions and even look ahead a little bit to where the Buckeyes, the remaining Buckeyes might go. Um, and of course, we're going to talk about the three uh, big transfers that are visiting Ohio State this weekend. And if uh, those three guys are on commit watch, of course, talking about Josh Simmons, Tylone Malone, and then Lorenzo Styles Jr. All right, let's start with the draft. Uh, C.J. Stroud going number two overall to the Texans. It was all a smokescreen with the Will Levis stuff. In fact, Will Levis fell out of the first round, as we all know. So um, just your reaction to C.J. going number two. So happy for him, Dave. If any true Buckeye fan out there have followed his story uh, from where he came from to where he's at now is truly remarkable. Uh, happy for him. Happy for Ryan Day. Feathering the cap for the program to say, hey, we just pumped out another top five quarterback, uh, first round quarterback. So it, it, it's it's very rewarding as an Ohio State fan to see CJ come in from elite 11 to now being drafted number two. And it, it really bothers me, Dave, to see and hear all of that slander. Um, that CJ received leading up to the draft, it really put a bad taste in my mouth. Made me almost <laughs> really stop liking like the whole draft process. Um, so I'm sure it, it was probably from teams that wanted to see CJ fall. Kudos to the Texans. They didn't let anything leak out of there. Uh, they had everyone believing that they were going to go defense. They even had their local media thinking that they were going to go defense. And boom, they, they got Stroud, traded up to get the best defensive players. So I thought the Texans had a heck of a draft. But overall, happy for CJ and his family. So let me ask you this. Yeah, that well said. I'm very happy for them. Like his, I uh, had his mom, Kim, on the show once. She's pure class. CJ's pure class. And um, also, he can throw the football very well. So it makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you this, though. So it was clearly a smokescreen by the Texans, as you mentioned. They were they even had their local beat writers tricked. Although I will say their writer for The Athletic did predict the day before the draft that Stroud would go number two overall. He was one of the few that was sticking with it. But you're right. Most people were like jumped off that bandwagon. What do they have to gain by that smokescreen? You're right. There was like – it really kind of, if it was them doing it, it, it hurt, you know, that, that kind of just threw CJ's name through the mud, you know, dragged it through the mud. Maybe it was the Colts, though, hoping that, he, that CJ was going to fall to him there. I have no idea. But what, if it was the Texans doing a smokescreen, which it seems like it was, what did they have to gain by doing that if they were just going to take Stroud? 
I don't think it was it was the Texans uh, so much. I think the te- I think the Texans they were just kind of quiet, and a lot of people were just assuming this is what the Texans were going to do when it comes to. Um, dragging CJ's name through the mud. I think it was other teams in that division. You look at the Colts, you look at the tech, uh, the Titans, uh, Tennessee, those are guys that need quarterbacks. Uh, I'm sure if, if Stroud was there with the Colts, he probably would have went there. There were a lot of speculations leading up to the draft uh, the day before, even yesterday, that Tennessee Titans were looking to try to move up to number three for the Arizona Cardinals. They had multiple conversations, but they didn't have the firepower uh, to move up there. So I truly believe that it was probably one of those two teams that were leaking out a lot of the information. I mean, if you put two and two together, all of a sudden the Manning camp situation turned into a a storyline in regards to CJ, who are the Mannings tight with? Oh, Jim Mercer and the Colts. What does the Colts need? A quarterback. C.J. Stroud gets taken off the board at number two. What did the Colts do? Turn around, draft Anthony Richardson at number four. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That was my gut instinct when all this was coming out. This smells like Jim Mercer and the Colts wanting C.J. to, to slip to them, and they maybe they were doing the smoke screens, uh, or maybe it was a combination. We'll never know. Um, all right, Paris, speaking of feeling good about it, uh, for a kid and his family, Paris Johnson Jr., First offensive lineman off the board and went sixth. Um, and I congratulated Monica, and she said, now I'm going to have to look for a, a house in, in J Book's swanky neighborhood. She <laughs> didn't say that last part, but she's going to have to, right? I mean, yes. uh, so she's going to have to. <laughs> so, you know, right there in Scottsdale. So, uh, I mean, that's awesome. I feel so good for Paris. And, uh, I mean, he's one of those guys that's like, I don't know if he's going to come in the league right away and be a star, but, like, he'll be a good NFL player for, like, a decade plus and maybe a pro bowler, maybe a future hall of famer, but he's like one of those guys I feel like is bust proof. Um, I, I, I truly believe he has the potential to be a hall of fame offensive lineman, Dave. I mean, truly remarkable. You look at all the things that he's done off the field. It's just, it's just impressive at what he's been able to do on the field. I think that was a home run for the Arizona Cardinals. You were able to trade back, get you a first round pick for next year and then come back up and get you get your franchise left tackle. When you're paying Kyler Murray $190 million guarantee, uh, he's shown to have durability issues. So you're going to have to be able to protect your investment there. Paris Johnson uh, is a guy that's going to be able to be an anchor for that Arizona offensive line. That's one area that they've struggled with for years out here. It's always been a major question mark in regards to the offensive line at uh, for Arizona because I know they tried it and swing and miss on a couple offensive linemen in the past, but now they really have that franchise left tackle because they've been spinning their wheels for, it feels about 10 years now, overpaying for free agents, trying to get plug and play guys at the tackle position, never really worked out. Quarterbacks have been taking an absolute beating. So being able to get Paris Johnson in there to hold down the fort for, for the next 10 years, I think it will bode well for that franchise. Then Jackson Smith and Jigba, also a first-round pick, went a little later than what I thought, but he was the first wide receiver off the board, which was great. And then he started that run. There was Jackson, and then three wide receivers went right after him, 21, 22, 23. Um, but good to see Jackson going number 20. He's going to a good organization, the Seahawks. So uh, Jackson, number uh, 
first wide receiver off the board. Um, fell a little further than I than I expected. What, what were your thoughts there? Yeah, he fell a little further than I was thinking. I thought some of the teams, uh, some of the teams in the middle of the teens, probably would have taken a swing. I wouldn't have mind <laughs> JSN to the Bears there after they traded back a little bit. I thought getting Justin Fields, another one of his weapons, would have done well. But you know, at the end of the day, with the Bears, you got to be able to protect Justin Fields. When it comes to JSN, you know he's going out there to Seattle. He's going to be playing next to DJ Metcalf and Tyler uh, uh, Lockett. So I think they're going to have an excellent receiving core. That Seattle offense has the potential to be pretty good. I thought Geno Smith had a pretty solid uh, year last year. They just re-upped him uh, for, I think, a three-year extension. And then you look at Kenneth Walker from Michigan State, first rookie to hit 1,000 yards last year. So they have a lot of firepower on that offense. Well, my question, see, I'm deciding, Dave, I got Jay, I'm in this dynasty fantasy football league and I have the fourth pick and I'm thinking it's like, ooh, if JSN's right there, should I go with him? Because I took a lave last year. So I'm contemplating taking JSN and just going ahead and get my Buckeye wide receiver for the next several years. He's another guy. And I, I use this term. Uh, I use it with Paris. And I've said this before about JSN. I feel like he's bust proof, Jay Book. I feel like, yeah. Must- Listen, injury happens, then all bets are off. But if JSN stays healthy, I cannot imagine him being a bust. He'll be at least a good NFL wide receiver and probably better than that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Olave, Wilson, those guys stepped in and were awesome right away. And with not good quarterback play, and in Wilson's case, bad quarterback play. So yeah. When yeah. Mike White takes when Mike White takes over at quarterback, and everybody's like, "Oh, now he's the guy," you know, like the other <laughs> quarterbacks were awful. Um, now they have now that yeah, Garrett Wilson doesn't have to worry about his quarterback situation, does he? All right, let's look ahead to tonight before we look at uh, Ohio State transfer portal um, recruiting. It really is recruiting. Um, I'm excited to talk about that, but I'm also excited for tonight. Let's look at Dewan Jones, Zach Harrison. And then Luke Whipler might be slipping a little bit here. Dane Brugler, the man that never sleeps, frequent guest on the Bucknuts Morning 5 with Dan Rubin uh, with The Athletic, put out his second and third round mock draft this morning, Jay Book. Does not have Luke Whipler listed. So Luke left after three years with a third-year sophomore. He might slip to the third day. Now, maybe he'll go tonight. But Brugler has Dewan Jones going late second round, and he has Zach Harrison going third round and has Whipler slipping to the third day. What are your thoughts? I think DeWan has an opportunity to go here in the second round, Dave. I know uh, Rick Spielman, after he visited Ohio State's Pro Day, I know he had on his CBS podcast that the running joke within the NFL with multiple bets is how much does DeWan Jones actually weigh? A lot of people believe in the league that he's he's actually tipping the scale at 400 pounds. <laughs> I oh, thought it was – yeah, and so um, – that's a that's a big question mark for a lot of teams is once he gets paid, he's in the NFL, how will he be able to manage his weight? Because I guess whenever Ohio State had their pro day, NFL scouts took out Dewan Jones had like five dinners in <laughs> one night just going to, you know, place to place with different NFL scouts. Uh, so a lot of people are. are little cautious about, you know, where he's at mentally because they really wanted to see him work out in the pro day, felt that he really didn't help himself. Um, You look at Paris Johnson, he went out there, showed that he was in tremendous shape. And the one thing that a lot of I was, you know, listening to the the draft podcast coming up and it said whenever offensive line scouts go to these NFL pro days, once the skill position guys are off doing their thing, what they typically do, and they did it with Paris Johnson, the offensive line scouts, they will take the offensive line prospects to the other side of the field or outside, and they will start working with those guys one-on-one. And that's when you really start to see 
teams start to fall in love with those prospects whenever whenever they're able to get that one-on-one time. Dewan Jones missed that opportunity, but not by not going through Ohio State's workouts in the pro days. So it's going to take a team who throws on the tape that says, hey, this guy's an absolute stonewall when he's ready to go. I know there was a lot of times where he was inconsistent, uh, the mental mistakes with the false starts and stuff. But if you're looking for a solid right tackle, I do think DeWan Jones will be somebody that maybe your Bengals or something in, in the late rounds or the Chiefs, those guys in, in, in the late second may be available towards them. And then, you know, Zach Harrison, he's a, you know, I think he's going to be one of those players that is the flavor of the eye for the for the NFL team. Really didn't have a lot of production at Ohio State that you think, but the intangibles are off the charts. The athleticism is off the charts. Uh, his length, I mean, his arms is hanging down to his knees when it comes to you know his his uh, reach and his wingspan. So it's just a matter of do you think Zach Harrison has the potential? to really make an impact in the NFL, even though he wasn't able to show it in college. Maybe. Uh, so I could I could definitely see Zach Harrison potentially going in the third. And uh, Luke is a wild card. Luke Wapler is a wild card because how many, how many teams are willing to draft a center, you know, with their second or third round pick? But at the, at the same time, you look how good Corey Lindsley has been in the NFL. Uh, he's been an absolute staple at the center position coming from Ohio State. So I, I think that, you know, if, if he can get into that second or third round, that'd be great for him. If he falls to the fourth or fifth round day, now we have to potentially talk about, did he make the right decision leaving early as an interior offense lineman when he probably would have been up for the Remington Award if he'd have stayed at Ohio State for his senior year? Yeah, I hope Dane Brugler's not right, but you know he he tends to be very right. So we'll we'll see. Maybe a Whipler will be a third round pick. Um, sounds like he won't go in the second round. I mean, I guess anything's possible. But yeah, if he slips to the third day, I don't, I don't think there's any any getting around it that he made a mistake, in my opinion. Um, real quick with Dewan Jones, another thing that I read that's hurting him. Maybe I don't think this is a huge thing, but um, the Senior Bowl situation where he went down there. He looked great, had a great day of practice. Everybody's talking about him like, wow, he's even bigger than we thought. He moved so well and had just a fantastic day of practice and then just ghosted the rest of the week, just took off and left. Didn't yeah. Tell Eventually, they, I think his agent called and, and told them, but like didn't tell anybody he was leaving, just left. And I read a story. Um, now, it was an anonymous NFL exec, but still, um, you can see why they're anonymous, saying that that really pissed off some teams, you know, that that might have even taken him off their board. Maybe not completely. But yeah, a team like the Bengals that might be thinking about taking him in the second round might be thinking more third round now. I think someone's going to take DeWan in the second round because you can't teach that size and the way right. that, that, that and those feet at that size. So I just wanted to get that out there. That senior bowl situation is, is another thing that I think teams are scratching their head about. But um, all right, let's get into uh, – I buried the lead here. Let's get into the huge, huge recruiting weekend, the transfer portal weekend. Dan Rubin talked about this on yesterday's show with Mark Porter and Bill Curlick. I want to get your thoughts on this. I feel like they're on commit watch, Jay Book, and I'm here for it. Josh Simmons, I feel great about the Buckeyes' chances with Josh Simmons, the offensive tackle transferring from San Diego State. I feel great about their chances, obviously, with Lorenzo Styles Jr. Uh, he's switching from wide receiver to defensive back, obviously, the transfer from Notre Dame. And then Tywone Malone, the defensive tackle. I don't, I maybe don't feel quite as good, but I still feel good about that one. He's also visiting this weekend. He also wants to play baseball. Um, transfer from Old Miss, a guy Ohio State was in on. I had forgot. I thought he was a Southern guy until I, I looked back on it. I forgot he was a, he's a Jersey guy. I forgot about that. But your thoughts, 
These guys could be on commit watch. What are your thoughts? Tywan Malone is the apple of my eye, Dave. That's a guy that he's he's a guy that I really wanted coming out of high school. Uh, and and the fact that he's back on campus giving Ohio State a second swing at the bat here, they got to be able to close the deal with him because the defensive tackle depth, that is something that they definitely need to address. You can't expect Tyleek and Mike Hall to play, you know, 80% of the snaps. Those guys have shown to have a little bit of an injury bug that can creep up on them. So you want to have a, a solid rotation in the middle there. So getting him uh, a 300 plus one technique that is something that you you don't necessarily uh find every day when you're out there recruiting so getting him would be huge and then i will uh if we're talking about number two got to give me the tackle dave it, it's been a big question mark all su- all spring is how good would Ohio State tackles be? You know, you look at some of these mock drafts, you, you, you got anywhere between four to eight Buckeyes next year that they're projecting to go in the first two rounds. So that's great, but they're only going to be able to go as far as the offensive line. And if they can't protect Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, whoever wins the quarterback position, it really doesn't matter. So you definitely got to be able to go ahead and, and close the deal with that tackle. They've had way too many uh, guys from the from the portal day who has visited campus that they haven't been able to close the deal when it comes to the offensive line as uh, tackle position. So you got to be able to close the deal with this kid. And Styles, it's just a matter of when, not if. Uh, I think that's more of a project, a novelty project. You're you're talking about a, a kid who's never played defensive back in college football, Dave. So I think it's going to take some time. I don't expect to have him as as a contributor this year. I believe, I, if I'm not mistaken, he has three years of eligibility left. So I think that's going to be more of a development project to provide some depth to the secondary. I don't expect him to be a major contributor right away. But the first two guys, I think they have a potential to really crack the rotation, if not being a, a potential starter when you're talking about the offense alignment. Yeah, just a quick follow-up on Simmons specifically. Like I, I feel like if he's going to transfer here, we just had somebody ask, well, you know, is he really that good? I mean, he was really good as a redshirt freshman last year at San Diego State, um, and he's got three years of eligibility remaining. And, you know, Florida wants him. Florida's offered. In fact, he's scheduled to make an official visit to Florida next week. Hopefully he, uh, hopefully the Buckeyes can seal the deal and he doesn't uh, make that visit. But, yeah, I think, I think if he comes here, there's a good chance he's going to be a starter. Um, you know, I think they like the future of Tegra and, and Zen, but um, I don't know if they'd be looking to, to add a tackle if they didn't feel like they needed a, a starter. I don't know. Yeah, I you you definitely have to get another body in there, Dave. Even if they like uh, Tegra and Zen, it's still really thin at the tackle position. They're feeling the the ramification of Stud missing out on a lot of his top prospects uh, when he was here. So now you have to be able to find uh, someone who's going to be able to provide you some depth, if not a potential starter. Now, keep in mind, though, Dave, you look at Jonah Jackson – Ohio State has done really well when it comes to finding guys for the offensive line who's going to be able to get in there and provide a little bit of depth. So they do have a history of identifying guys that they think that can play at a high level and give them some live reps to help out the the situation because, you know, if they don't feel comfortable with it, Dave, with the right tackle position – then we should definitely all be cheering on that they're going to be able to land this kid because as good as the offense potential has in front of them with a loaded running back room, loaded wide receiver room, if they're not able to protect the quarterback, 
none of that really even matters. Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. And uh, I feel very good about their chances of landing Josh Simmons this weekend. Uh, so keep it locked to Bucknuts for that. We'll have full coverage of that. The big uh, weekend that is the transfer portal weekend for the Buckeyes. Bill Kirk will be all over it. Thank you very much to Jay Book. Really appreciate it, my friend. Uh, thanks to all the listeners and viewers out there. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.